opening up to the Holy Spirit. We're going to give plenty of time for us actually to get on and do that. But added to what has already been said to you through the words, the worship, through maybe the Holy Spirit dropping a thought into your heart and touching you in one way or another throughout the service, added to all of that, I wanted to open up some of the scriptures as a way of introduction, how we can think and reflect on who the Holy Spirit is and how we can open up to him. And I've chosen Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31, just to launch us into this tonight. Keep, keep before the Lord. We're very happy for God to break in at any moment. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Just who is the Holy Spirit? Now, I want you to take doctrine of the Holy Spirit, learning, scripture, understanding, taking it seriously tonight. It's much more about experiencing him that it is about presenting a seminar about him. However, my book, Knowing the Spirit, I highly recommend it to you. It's at a bargain basement, knockdown price, five pounds, and it's available for you. And it gives you an introduction to the Holy Spirit, talking about all the ways the Bible describes him, how he works in every situation. And then Artie Kendall has a number of books on the Holy Spirit. We have some there for you. I wanted to mention one in particular because in a way it goes right alongside what I'm talking about tonight. The Sensitivity of the Spirit. Subtitle, Learning to Stay in the Flow of God's Direction. And uh, here on the, on the back cover it says, we must learn the difference between being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, which is what I'm talking about tonight, and being aware of the sensitivity of the Spirit. We'll never know how to be sensitive to the Spirit until we know just how sensitive He is, the Holy Spirit. But there's a difficulty. Who is the Holy Spirit? For many people, He is the forgotten member of the Trinity, the rather nebulous, mysterious third person, the Holy Spirit. Why is that? When we talk about God, we often use the language of metaphor, analogy. Indeed, when we recognize God is Father, we're drawing on one of those picture words. And we know that the Bible is telling us that God is as a father is to his children, so he is to us, but so much more. When we talk about God the Son, again, that picture language, that picture word, that metaphor, that analogy, it's clear we know something about human sonship, and therefore we have some kind of recognition of the relationship between God the Father, God the Son. Of course, massive differences, because 
the Son never came into being the way you and I do. He is eternally the Son of God as God is eternally the Father. Clear pictures. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Where does that fit in? Where does that picture word come? It is a picture word. Of course, we know spirit is non-material, but the word spirit itself is a picture word. It means both in the Hebrew, ruach, and in the Greek, pneuma, it means breath or air in motion. It's not just air, but air in motion. It's a picture word. It's this idea of movement, something dynamic. And when we seek to understand the Holy Spirit, more often than not, we get to know him by discovering his ways. It's a, it's a kind of chicken and egg situation. You, you'll never get to know the Holy Spirit unless you understand his ways and how to seek him and how to approach him. And yet sometimes it's difficult to, uh, to find out his ways without understanding a bit about him. But with that, with that difficulty, we can open up to God and, and ask him to lead us. Some concepts that I get from this reflection. He is the outflowing. He is the movement of God, the working of God. He flows from the Father and the Son. He, therefore, is the action of God, not just a force or an energy, not just a working, not just the energeia of God, the workings of God. He is a person. And as person, he carries all the attributes of personality very, very specifically. He can be grieved. He has a will. He has a mind, personality, co-equal. With God the Father, God the Son, co-eternal, God the Father, God the Son. Just as your spirit is part of you, so the Holy Spirit is part of this mystery that we call the Holy Trinity. Mystery? Yes. Deliberately so. I think there is an enigma here. I like to think of the Holy Spirit as the enigma of God. We might seek him, get to know him, but we'll never, ever fully figure him out. Time and time again, people have come across certain moves of God and they thought, ah, that's the answer. That's the idea. That's how we get the spirit to come. You never get the spirit to come. He either comes or he doesn't. He is sovereign. He is Lord. And some of the things that trouble me about recent directions and recent history in the charismatic movement is that people are very fond of putting forward formula. If you pray like this, if you fast like that, if you double tithe for a month, if you stand on your head, the Holy Spirit will come. You will never, ever control him. And as soon as you understand that, that he will never be under your control, then the sooner you'll be able to say, Okay, Holy Spirit, I can't figure you out, but I can follow you. He never draws attention to himself, not directly. He hates the limelight. You could say that he's shy, self-effacing, certainly sensitive, and often he's unseen. He works sometimes without us really realizing until we catch up to see what he's done. Therefore, I think we know more about him from seeking to follow him, discover his ways than we ever do through abstract reflection. Something else about the Holy Spirit. 
He is focused. 100% focused on his mission. He is the one who is sent from the Father with a mission to carry out all the activity of God. If there's revelation, he will bring it. If there's a miracle, he will do it. If there's a manifestation, it's the Holy Spirit who's behind it all. That's why in Scripture, you, you'll never find one way of describing him that is above the other ways. There's so many faces and facets to the Holy Spirit described as water, described as the dove, as wind, or oil, even described as power. He is the one who brings into effect, who carries out the workings of God. He is the energeia of God, the workings of God. Kind of picture of this, just I'm drawing the parallel here. I'm not saying the scripture is drawing this, but in my mind, he's a bit like the ministry of John the Baptist. Remember John the Baptist said, who are you? Are you this one? Are you that one? He said, no, 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 no. I am the voice of one crying out into the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. That gives me a little bit of an illustration of, of how the Holy Spirit reveals himself and what his role is. So how do we get to know him? How do we discover his ways? Very briefly, I'd like to say it's about learning how to discern his voice. That's very distinctive. Uh, last year, I did a series on rediscovering Jesus and then rediscovering the kingdom. Some year, sometime this year, I have it in my heart to do a series on rediscovering the spirit. And we'll take this teaching further. But we must discern his voice. Begin to recognize his voice. In order that we might depend on his power and his enabling and follow his direction. And uh, if this is starting to sound very difficult... I don't mean it to be difficult, I just mean you to be sitting back saying, wow, I just better open up to the Holy Spirit. Nothing I can do to make anything happen, but I open up to him. But remember this, the Holy Spirit and his relationship with you is your birthright. That's where we start. We are sons of God and we're led by the Holy Spirit. He, he is God's gift to his people, the church. Before we come together and begin to pray and open up to the Holy Spirit through prayer and waiting on him, I want to, I want to make three points. I think it's important to become so close to, to the Holy Spirit that we can consciously live in his presence consciously live in his presence as I say it's our birthright Romans 8 verse 9 says but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you now anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ he's not his what that means is if you belong to Jesus you've received Christ you put your faith in Jesus you have the Holy Spirit and sometimes that's not always a conscious experience we can't always put our finger on when the Holy Spirit began to work in our lives to draw us to Jesus, but he was always there. You cannot come to Christ without the Holy Spirit. And if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amen and amen. And Paul puts it the other way. Not only does the Spirit live in you, but you live in the Spirit. He is your supernatural habitat, living in the Spirit. And if that's what we have What's our response? Our response is to, is to learn, to be conscious 
of his continual presence as we open up and live in his presence. So that's my first point. Learn to be conscious of his presence. Secondly, I'm going to use the highly technical and theological term called soaking in his presence. Soaking in his presence. All right. This language may not be particularly familiar to you, but let me explain why I'm using it. The Bible talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you go from the early chapters of each of the Gospels, one of the first things that we learn about Jesus the Messiah, one of the key things, it seems one of the most important things that we have to learn in those early chapters of each of the Gospels, is that Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. John said, I baptize with water, but there's one who is coming who's greater than I, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Meaning that this is something of his messianic ministry. The one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is taken further in the New Testament. What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? It's, it's, again, it's another picture. It's another picture. Uh, just as John would take his disciples and put them into water. So he says, the, the Messiah is going to come and put you into the Holy Spirit. Bring you into the realm and dimension of the Holy Spirit. Big difference. When you went under the water in, under John's baptism and even the baptism that we do today, we, we take you up out of the water. That's if we like you enough. Otherwise, we keep you down there. But with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you remain in the baptistry. And then something else beautiful happens. Not only are you baptized in the Spirit and you are in the Spirit, the Spirit begins to fill your life. A picture of this is uh, taken from the Gospels again. When Jesus was thirsty on the cross, you remember that? And the soldier took a sponge dry sponge, soaked it in rather rough wine. And the word there is baptize, dipped the sponge in water. Two things are happening. First of all, well, it was in wine. The, the, the sponge is in the wine. But wait a moment or two. Soaking happens. And the wine begins to saturate the sponge. That's an ongoing experience. To my mind, being baptized in the Holy Spirit is, is the beginning. It's what happens in the beginning. But the ongoing filling, responsive, responsiveness to the Spirit is a lifelong thing. Living in the Spirit, soaking in the Spirit. And the best way of putting that is by saying that, hey guys, we have to open up to the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I think today has just been one long, glorious opening up to God. RT's message today, 9-11, service, the songs that have been singing, Jill's ministry at the end. Let those walls come down. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is one thing. But allowing the Holy Spirit deeply to influence you and uh, to truly to be truly filled with the Spirit means that every single part of you comes under His influence mentally, 
emotionally, in every, every possible way. And that's why G, the, the Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. There will come a time when even your very body will be transformed by the Holy Spirit in the resurrection. So this is an experience with the Holy Spirit, which follows on from faith. Believe and receive, the Bible says. There are many evidences in it. It's a conscious experience. You know, when you are born again and the Spirit of God takes up residence on the inside of you, it's not always a conscious experience. You become conscious of what the Holy Spirit has done later on. But there is a conscious reception of the Holy Spirit. It is all about manifestation. It is God knocking on the door of your heart saying, I'm here and I want to fill you. It is supposed to be an experience. Not necessarily emotional always, but it is an experience. You know it's happened to you. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, if ever I have to ask yourself, have I been baptized in the Holy Spirit? The answer is no, because when it's happened, you know about it. And this is where we come in. This is an element, a vital part of our Christian faith. It is not just about right believing, right doctrine, as important as that is. It's about entering into an ongoing experience of God. God is real. He is to be experienced. He's a supernatural God. Everything he's ever claimed to be comes to fulfillment when we know how to soak in his presence. And that's why today we've made some preparations here for you when you come forward to pray, to receive some prayer. And, uh, and hopefully we can spend some time soaking in the Holy Spirit. So living in his presence, soaking in his presence, but there's something else. There is a purpose for all of this. That is that we might be energized and enabled by the Holy Spirit. Whenever there is a, a, a wave of phenomenon, my, my, my book Revival Phenomena goes through a whole range of things that historically in different moves of God, in ancient history and med medieval history, modern history, and, and the Holy Spirit, I've discovered, can do what he wants to do, where he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, through whom he wants to do it, without asking your permission. All right? But whenever there's an emphasis on the attendant phenomena, physical effects, and so on, that's okay. Let God take charge of that. But our focus isn't there. Our focus is on what he, what he wants to do. And we had it there in that verse, Isaiah 40, 29. He gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. Many years ago now, there was a move of God associated with the church in Toronto. They called it the Toronto Blessing. Uh, anyway, the uh, journalists called it that, but most others didn't. It wasn't about Toronto. It was about God the Father. And uh, it was highly controversial. I'm not saying everything that happened within that was, was of God. In, in any move of God, there's always some stuff that goes on which needs to be disciplined and curtailed and directed, of course, of course. But thousands of people came, were touched by God. One woman in particular, a woman who came already loving God but was so powerfully touched by God. God filled her. God raised her. And in Mozambique now, Heidi Baker 
has a powerful nationwide influence. When she was visiting Kensington Temple a couple of years ago, they had planted a thousand churches. RT was there last year. How many churches now? 11,000 churches. Also, she, was, she is a, a, a doctor of, of systematic theology. So she wasn't empty-headed. A doctor of systematic theology and has written the uh, religious studies curriculum for the schools of the whole of the nation. Why? Because she met with God. And the anointing and empowering that she received was for a purpose. Not just to feel good. Not just that we could say, oh, look, look, what, look what God's doing there. Somebody's rocking, somebody's rattling, somebody's rolling. Yeah, the holy rollers that actually happened. Don't look any further. But it's this purpose. And, and the greatest way you can open up to the Holy Spirit is to say, Holy Spirit, here I am. I want you to, I want to let down all those barriers. I invite you in, in a fresh way to work within my heart, on the inside, fill me afresh because you've got something for me to do. You can empower me. It might be to cross the road to your neighbor and tell them about Jesus. It might mean to get an airplane and cross the globe to reach an unreached tribe. Who knows? The Holy Spirit knows. So when we open up to him, we're living in his presence, seeking to be conscious of him at every moment. We're learning how to spend Extended times of soaking in his presence, allowing him to influence us to do whatever he wants to do so that when the time comes, we can rise up, be energized, and strengthened to go on to do his will for our life. Amen and amen.